I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. Hello, friends. We have a, a bite, well, we're hoping a bite-sized episode for you today. Yeah, we just had a little pep talk, like, don't make it long. Don't make it long. Don't go on a tangent. <laughs> don't go on a... No promises. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're talking about something that's like 11 minutes or 13 minutes. If we do any more than 25, we need to rethink our podcast. <laughs> we need to reevaluate us. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, it's kind of great that something that is 11 minutes long can prompt something, prompt an episode of, I don't know, 35 minutes. A two-hour special. <laughs> <laughs> A three-hour tour. Oof. So, well, uh, three hours is, I guess, appropriate, considering the name of this short, which is a little, a little ironic, the short is called The Long Goodbye. Yes, it, it, there is a, a piece of irony there. I uh, I also smell an oxymoron, some jumbo shrimp here. The Long Goodbye is a short, you, you know? Oh, I know. I know. I'm uh, sorry. I don't have, I was uh, leaving space so that I can edit in a ba-doom-tsh. Ah, yes. Um, we can also say, there's this thing that I teach where we talk about complaining and it's supposed, um, writing a like, inquiry not an inquiry oh my god what's it called a doesn't matter a certain document and the definition of the document is a polite and reasonable complaint another oxymoron i cannot imagine anybody complaining in a polite and reasonable way at least i have not been experienced (laughs) i have not had that experience have you dealt with many complaints um yes yeah same yeah not directed at me no well no, I was funneling complaints for like the company, so it uh, wasn't necessarily my fault, but I had to to deal with it. Yes, it's like in Titanic, there are those guys at the bottom who are just shoveling coal to make the ship go. That was mm. you. That's me. <laughs> that's me, and that's our tangent. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Back to the the short film. The short film, the long goodbye. Where is it available, Christina? Just go to YouTube. (laughs) Just go to YouTube and also it's rated R. For sure, it's rated R. If you are not, um, if you're not privy to gun violence, I would not recommend uh, just to prepare yourself because you are going to watch some people get shot. Well, spoiler alert. Well, the whole whole podcast is a spoiler, but I'm just saying. That is true. We should rename the podcast Spoiler. Some people get so excited by listening to us that they're like, oh, I'm going to pause this and watch it right now. So they need to know (laughs) that they're going to watch people get shot. Absolutely. So this was winner for Best Live Action Short Film at the Academy Awards. Uh, Golden Globes does not have a category for this. So I, no Golden Globes. No Globes. An immigrant family is going about a pretty normal day in their household when a radical group shows up on their street tearing people from their homes. The family seems somewhat prepared for this day and attempts to free themselves from the very foreseeable danger they're about to face. 
So this was directed by Anil Kara. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. It was actually written by Anil Kara and Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed is our main character. Uh, he is hanging with his family, helping them get ready for an upcoming wedding, moving chairs, and getting yelled at for doing things wrong. We can all relate. Uh, he's entertaining his nephew Nas, played by Leon Ung. Um, and then in the YouTube clip, there are a few other names, so I decided to read them out. Amina is played by Husana Raja. Dad is played by uh, Javid Hashmi. Mom is played by Sudha Bukhar. Buchar. I'm going to say Buchar. Kareem is played by Rish Shah. Aisha is played by Ambreen Raza. Khadija is played by Turo Devani. Sana is played by Reina Rita Opal. And Brother's Friend is played by Nikita Chada. Fatima is played by Asmara Gabrielle. And Farheen is played by Marissa Hussein. And I'm going to apologize now for those pronunciations because I know they weren't correct. And I apologize. So More importantly... Do we have any bets? Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It's Riz Ahmed. <laughs> it's Riz Ahmed. If you listen to our episode about The Sound of Metal, it's Riz Ahmed. I have a lot of feelings about a Riz Ahmed. They're all positives. So I'm going to leave that for my high before okay. I start gushing. I'm going to leave the gushing for later. All right. All right. So the climax. Uh, the busy day takes a sharp turn when Riz notices unmarked sprinter vans full of men in full military garb breaking down doors of his neighbors except they're only targeting middle eastern families he alerts his family but it's too late they bust down the door to his house grab the family he tries to get nas to run out of the back of the house but he's caught the male family members are bound and lined up in the street the women and children are thrown in the back of these vans riz sees nas being put in the back of a truck and he runs after him he is shot in the back and then the men are shot and left for dead okay once Riz is shot bleeding on the ground he watches his family member shot to death after this he looks around to see if anyone is around before standing while doing this Riz breaks the fourth wall and speaks to the audience in a poetic voice discussing how difficult it is to feel a sense of belonging after leaving the land you came from trying to become a part of the one that you've landed in and the never-ending feeling of not belonging anywhere even after defying several obstacles the fun will never stop the fun will never stop so what was the IMDb rating? A 7.2 out of 10. And on Metacritic, the meta score is an 83 and the user score is a 7.8. So Rotten Tomatoes, as any, anyone who's listened to our other short film con, uh, podcast know, they do not give ratings for short films. So I have no ratings for you, unfortunately. No ratings. But I did decide to do something that i never do on youtube which is i read the youtube comments oh i didn't even think to do that it's sometimes a very dangerous place to go because be. people of the internet cannot be nice we're all people of the internet but then there are trolls of the internet and we don't like the trolls of the internet. But I saw so many positive, positive comments about this that it's actually insane. Some people even saying that they used the poem at the end in their dissertation and they got an excellent grade on it, which like I love to hear. Um, 
one comment that I chose said, this is brilliant. The poem at the end was spot on. These are the bars that hundreds of us have been writing for years and years. And you, my friend, are the one who has the platform and the talent to speak for a lot of us. Thank you for making this and hopefully raising awareness, which I just a quick one. I thought that it, you know, summed up a lot of what those comments were saying. Mine is also quick, but it's not as kind. Okay, go ahead. So I had a feeling that you were going to find something that was higher. So I was like, let me find something that's a little bit lower. Okay. So it's a five out of 10 right in the middle. And it's titled, yeah, okay, but why though? <laughs> like, I have to imagine this is just a whiny 17 year old. But anyway. I mean, it could be a whiny Usually when it's something like that, it could be a whiny 40-year-old. I was going to say 42. Oh, oh, add, add on the two years. Add on the two years. The two years of uh, knowledge. Yeah, sure. <laughs> these kind of politically charged short films are getting old. And by these kind, I mean the ones that hyperbolize very real social conflicts with nothing new to say. It's a well-made short film, though. Well-acted, well-shot, well-edited, well-graded. Also kind of murky on the sound design, but not too distracting. But yeah, overall, 5 out of 10. Okay. I like this guy because he has some feelings, but like he listed so many good things. They listed, I don't know who this is. They listed so many good things, but whatever this one bad thing is clearly trumps all of the good things that they've mentioned. Yeah, naturally. And... I'm going to say that a lot of the things that they mentioned in terms of the good things were the highs that I had, if we could transition. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say that I thought the acting was good. I thought the the shots were very artistic, and that came through in the shots, but also the editing. Um, so those were definitely my highs for sure. Yeah, to touch on that, um, I forgot to list this, but then when I was like talking about it, I was like, oh, don't forget to mention that. Um, so when they are pulled out of the house uh originally it's kind of dusk and then by the time he's done saying his poem the sun has set and i think that that's so beautiful and it's also very difficult to film a scene like that because that would mean that he would have to take it in like basically one take like all of a sudden it's sunny and then it the sun sets like you need to that natural light is not something that you can really plan. So I think that it was a beautiful way to describe the way this film feels, where it starts out very sunny and then all of a sudden it fades to darkness. So I like that little piece of symbolism. Um, so this was a short film for Riz Ahmed's 2020 album called The Long Goodbye. So okay. he released this in conjunction with an album. And I feel like he's not the first artist to do this. Um, artists that have done this, Beyonce is a big one. She actually did like a whole, that wasn't a short film, that was a whole film for her album. Um, Taylor Swift just did it with uh, the Red re release, re-release. Sorry to bring her up, I always have to, but here we are. 
I think it's such an interesting and artistic way to enhance an album. You know, when you create an album, you have a meaning behind it, a general theme, and to enhance it with visuals, I think that it's a great artistic way for artists, especially someone like him, who is not just a singer, he's also an actor, just to flex all of his talents. And also he wrote this, and he also worked very like closely with the director, so like, just flex all of the talents that he has in his wheelhouse. Um, I love Riz Ahmed. Sound of Metal is like just one thing that we've talked about on this podcast. Oh, it was a great, that was a great movie. Absolutely fantastic. I talked about it on the podcast and I'm going to talk about it now. The miniseries on HBO called The Night Of. Nick and I were just bringing it up the other day because that was one of the first TV shows we kind of like watched as a couple, if I remember. And it was coming out in real time and it was absolutely fantastic. He acted the shit out of that role. Highly recommend the night of. I've, th- you have to be like the sixth person to mention that to me. I think it's just me mentioning it to you over six times. Six times. Yes. Be. Yeah. Because well, I keep saying I'm going to rewatch it and then I never do. I need to rewatch it. But see, if I start rewatching it, then Nick's going to get mad at me for rewatching it without him. So then I need to get him to rewatch it. It's a whole big, t- I have a lot of campaigning to do in this apartment. Do it in June because we got a busy summer. <laughs> um, and then I, before we uh, uh, went, got on to talk about this, I went back and I watched Riz Ahmed's, um, except, well, his speech when he won the Oscar. And he said, in such divided times, we believe that the role of story is to remind us that there is no us and them, just us. And that's such a powerful line to say. And I feel like that's really the, the purpose of this short film. And it's very, very important, and I'm very happy about it. Now, to move on to lows, mm-hmm. the low that I have is that I hate how shaky the camera is throughout this entire film. I get it. It's supposed to make you feel unsettled, but it gave me a headache. Like, my head literally hurt watching this. I needed not something so shaky and so my eyes can focus. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that a good love. point. All right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I got to say. Say what you got to say. All right. Buckle up. I think my one low was that it was difficult to hear the speaking at times. So in this case, I do agree with the review that I had with the murky kind of like sound. Um, this was a theatrical production. It was a theatrical ending. Nobody can argue that. So I can't really buy into the realism piece where there are certain TV shows and movies where they make it very real, right? Where people cough and sneeze. And if you look at bloopers, those are the first things that you'll start to see because they're taken out and they're silly. Um, so like coughing, sneezing, talking over each other, like normal, normal everyday things that we do. We do it on the podcast. We Mm -hmm. do it in our real lives, but it's not something that's really done in television or movies unless it's something where somebody's cut off in a romantic comedy because they just saw the love of their life walk through the door. Right. So there's like very planned moments for this and it wasn't, and you can't sell me an incredibly theatrical piece with this kind of careless dialogue. I'm just going to say it. It's careless. I didn't see a point for it. Um, so if somebody finds a point for it and says, Christina, this is actually why it exists. I'm willing to listen. 
But in the sense of creating something that's so short and so theatrical, everything needs to count. And we've had this conversation before with other shorts. Every single thing you do in something this short needs to count, make sense, and be 100% towards the plot. And that didn't really – I understood the chaos later on. Okay. Right? Because everybody's, like, screaming. They're losing their minds. And that makes sense. But in the beginning – you're setting a scene for me and you don't really have a lot of time to do that. So you need to like get the ball rolling and I need to know exactly what's going on. And I actually watched the beginning of this twice to try to hear the dialogue and the closed captions couldn't even keep up with it. I I can understand how it's very like chaotic and confusing because there is a lot of stuff going on and a lot of it just kind of like doesn't make sense to the general story. But I think that the point that's trying to be made is it's trying to transport the viewer there as if they're just a member in this family while everyone's getting ready like you can tell that they're getting ready for an event that a lot of stuff's going on and it kind of you know when you get your all your family together and everyone's talking at the same time like when we get together for christmas eve everyone's talking at the same time you have to go and grab the chair because rosie can only sit in the rolly chair why why can someone get me a plate where's a plate like all that commotion is going on because instead of needing the dialogue to lead up instead of using the dialogue rather to lead up to what was going to happen they just wanted to take the viewer and put them into a crazy household before a family event is about to happen and get that point across and i think that that's what they were trying to do i mean it would have been nice to because you have so many characters it would have been nice to create organized pieces of dialogue so that I know who everybody is. Yeah, I I can agree with that because you're watching this and you're seeing them getting ready and they're talking about like, oh, meeting this person, meeting that person. The girls are painting their nails. They can't fit the chair in the one room, so they have to put in the other room. It's like, what what am I watching here right now? Like, you're, you're trying to figure out what is the point of me watching this? Like, I think the biggest takeaway from the first part of this short film was the tv and riz saying to his dad why do you have the news on if you're not even gonna watch it like just turn it off and then Mm -hmm. him turning it off and then a big event happening like i think that was probably the most important part of the the first act but the rest of the dialogue didn't really mean anything right that, that's and I uh, everything I, I don't I don't know I just feel like everything has to it didn't count it didn't make you only have so long to connect with your audience and that's what brings me into my next low okay because I liked the poetic piece at the end mm-hmm. and I just feel like the I feel like the theme and the structure of this was chaos and I I get that I do but you only have a certain amount of time to connect with your audience in a short. And I I feel like if I didn't watch people getting shot in the freaking head, I, I don't know how I would feel. I don't know if I would feel the same connection. So they really like played on that dramatic level when I just feel like, and we, we've talked about this before where we're not going to bash something, but we would think about how we would do it and how we would make it different. Yeah. Right. So I think what I would have done, to connect with an audience or how I feel like I could connect as an audience member is if I heard this poetic voice in the beginning, right? If I heard it as a voiceover 
for just a small amount of time, not as long as at the end, right? But I am introduced to this voice. This voice is familiar to me. And then I find out whose voice it belongs to. And then um, at the end, it's confirmed that I'm watching this through Riz's eyes, right? Because then I hear his voice at the end. So again, I don't think the goal of this was consistency because it, it, it was very chaotic. And I'm not saying that's good or that's bad, mm-hmm. but I am saying that I just feel like it would be cool to kind of hear a voice, get acquainted with it, bond with it, and then see it go through the demise to form a stronger connection with your audience. Mm-hmm. And I think that something um, that th- that's this impactful uh, should happen because you only have a certain amount of time. Again, I know I keep saying it to connect with your audience. So I just feel like if that if I heard that voice more and that voice kind of spoke to me in the beginning, and then the fourth wall was like truly broken, I feel like. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'd have a stronger connection. For, for me, what does it with the shorts is how fast and how long can you keep me invested? Because the human mind can only pay attention for so long and you don't really have a lot of time. So yeah. if you can captivate me from beginning to end without having me ask a single question, I think you've done a short in an amazing way. And I feel like if those components were here, I as an audience member would feel more connected from beginning to end. I can 1000% get behind that. I think that, you know, you make an excellent point. If, you know, black screen, say the first line of the poem in the beginning, that way, when he starts speaking directly to the camera and, you know, doing the spoken word poetry, you don't, the viewer isn't like taken aback. Um, I know someone, when you said that, the first thing I thought of was Kendrick Lamar. He does that a lot in his rap songs where mm-hmm. like he'll start off with like a spoken word and then he goes into a song and then by the end of the next song, he's like finishing his poetry. So like I could see, I think that that would be a good way to kind of, instead of making three harsh parts of a short film, it would bring everything, it would make like a sandwich where the, the meat was in the middle, but the poetry was the bread. Yeah. And the meat can be spam, right? Because spam is chaotic and you never really know what you're getting. But a sandwich on the list. That's any meat, bologna, liverwurst, my favorite. All those mystery meats where you don't really know what you're getting. Pimento loaf. How'd they get those olives in there? They're chaotic meats. Please. (laughs) That could be the parentheses caption. Chaotic meats. Beautiful. Did you have any more highs or lows? No, but I think chaotic meats is an excellent way to transition into our snack break. Snack break. Did you have some chaotic meat? Honestly, now I want a piece of liverwurst. Why would you bring up meat, deli meats like this? You brought up liverwurst. I always I bring up spam. liverwurst because I love liverwurst. Now my parents, because they have the dog, he oh, there's always liverwurst in the house. And it's bad for me because both me and the dog love liverwurst. <laughs> So you may be going for the kettle chips. I don't care anymore. Give me the liverwurst. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Well, I did have some meats. I had um, leftovers from my mom cooked me a birthday dinner on Sunday. And so I had a cup of Italian wedding soup sans pasta. So like basically just scuttle and mini meatballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had some stuffed, a few pieces of stuffed bread. And there was some meat in that and like uh, vinegar peppers too. And that was really good. That was my lunch today. That sounds really good. Um, I ha- I watched this before dinner or no, I watched this after dinner. 
So it's kind of like a fake snack break because I'd already eaten this before I started watching. Um, it was Tuesday, so we had tacos. Uh, we had pulled pork tacos, but there was a little bit of pineapple juice in the pulled pork. Ooh. And then there was like a pineapple slaw on top with like onions and tomatoes and cilantro. And it was very, very good. Mm, I like that you said mainly uh, it's Tuesday, so we had tacos, like fucking obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We always have tacos on Tuesday. If not, oh. like some kind of like flautas, quesadillas, like that is our Tuesday meal. Like, <laughs> come on. And then we watch Jeopardy. But that is, you know, that's called being over 30, man. <laughs> over, th- over 30. Yeah. Wow. Um, so what kind of tacos did you have tonight? Wait. Oh, today's Wednesday. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> right, forget it. I don't know where I am anymore. We had All shrimp right. scampi tonight, which is not a typical. I mean, we don't have any typical things for Wednesday. We are having pork this evening. Ooh, very nice. Yes. Um. All right. So for my expectation, <laughs> I I, t- I said this to you when I when we, when you first called me. I was like, all right, Danielle and I took a little longer than normal to put together the watch list. We just kind of talked about it while we were both very drunk this weekend. <laughs> Why were we very drunk this weekend? What? Why were we very drunk this weekend? Because it was my birthday. Because it was Christina's birthday. It was my birthday, and we drank for about eight hours. Yep. Um, and then I was like, oh, by the way, let me just send you this list of movies. <laughs> it's so funny because I just thought you were so sober, and I was the drunkest girl at the party, but apparently I not. you were so sober. No, I thought you were so sober, and I was the drunkest girl at the party. I know, but I'm saying I thought that you were so sober. Well, I'm glad that we both have excellent poker faces, but really... Only to each other. Only to each other, because <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure... Actually, I know what's going to happen if you ask Dave, but I'm pretty sure if you ask Nick, it's going to be something similar to what Dave's going to say. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Pretty certain on that. I'm sure. We're willing to bet my next paycheck. <laughs> well... Um, so for the expectation, I was like, we need something quick. We got to, we got to get, we got to get something quick in because we don't have a lot of time to prepare for the first Friday in May. And we're not taking another break because, because we're, we're champs and we got this. And I was like, all right, well, I got, I got this Christina. Great idea. Let's watch a very quick, lighthearted, short, film. I can't even say it. Quick, lighthearted, short film. Not this. Not this. And oh boy, was I ever wrong in this thought process. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't what? All I wrote for expectation versus reality. I wasn't expecting this. Wasn't expecting a switch (laughs) like this. So. I didn't know much about it. And then I saw it. I'm like, ooh, Riz Ahmed. Yes, yes, yes. And then I was like, ooh, okay. And then I started watching it. And I'm like, okay, okay. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, 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 okay. I wasn't, ex- again, wasn't expecting this. Oh, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops. Well, now I, now I need to feel like I need to go listen to his album. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I, I bet you that was his plan. I bet you that was part of his plan. It, I'm sure um, it's all part of the plan. But the winner for animated uh, 
animated short is not great um, in terms of like lighthearted either from the little bit that I watched of it. So fun, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> did you have an IRL moment? No, I think maybe the only IRL moment is I've also been painting my nails a lot. I don't know why I've just been in a nail painting mood. So when all the girls were getting ready and painting their nails, I was like, huh, okay. Same. Oh, my IRL moment was the was the chair thing. But <laughs> the not, moving the chair not around? Not the chair. It's like one person tells me to do the thing, I do the thing, and then it's wrong. And then I do the, the thing the way that that person told me because that was wrong. And then naturally I run into the first person again. And they're like, what are you doing? I told you to do this. And I just, I stand there like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction because <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Yep. Yeah. And I that's think... it. Absolutely. And that is it. And that is it. 27 minutes. 27 minutes. We need to rethink our podcasting abilities. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord of mercy. We took a 13-minute little tidbit scene and just literally made it double the amount of time. Yep. It's fine. All right. So, listen, June is Mel Brooks month. We need you to make your recommendations. We already did Blazing Saddles, so not that, but anything else. Um, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Hey It's Two Girls. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classicstina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. We'll be posting things in our stories. So if you don't feel like reaching out to us because you're lazy, we're all lazy sometimes, just answer our questions, send us your movies. You can also email us and let us know at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com, two is spelled out T-W-O, the blog Beer, Coffee, Donuts, the YouTube channel Two Girls Drink Beer, more stuff coming this summer when we're in prime beer drinking season. Yes, and we will not be drinking for eight hours. And we will not be drinking for eight. Oh, no. Lord have mercy. No, no one wants to see that. <laughs> no one wants to uh, see that recorded. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save that for when we have a million downloads. Oh, God. We'll do a marathon of drinking. Oh, God. I, I'm not agreeing to that. No one... <laughs> I refuse. Oh, I will. I won't sell myself, but I'll sell my beer drinking capabilities. That'll, right. be, that'll be how I sell myself. <laughs> Okie doke, everyone. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. What's up?